0: Hello, and welcome to Black Men Speak, a podcast designed to address the concerns of black men and provide a forum for them to learn, feel empowered, and be the men they are called to be. On November 3rd, 2020, the state of New Jersey voted to allow the recreational use of marijuana. What that means is as an adult, you're allowed to use or possess six ounces of marijuana and not face criminal charges. Also, if you're underage, you won't be charged as a criminal. Very good news for a state that arrested over 34,000 for marijuana possession and over 3,000 for pot sales in 2017. Only Texas and New York ranked higher. But more importantly, with this new law, will people of color be able to have the opportunities to create legitimate businesses to cash in on an industry that's expected to produce $300 million in revenue. Naturally, only 4.3% of people of color have either a stakeholder claim or ownership in the cannabis industry. So it's still unclear if New Jersey will reach the 25% threshold of licenses set aside for people of color. Tonight, I'll speak to a gentleman that's trying to stake his claim in the business. His name is Tyon Bryant. CEO of Roll Up Life, currently a CBD delivery service out of East Orange. He talks about how he got interested in the business while attending college at Boise State, how networking has helped him move towards his dreams of being a licensed cannabis business, and the love he's received from his hometown for being a trailblazer in the budding industry. On that note, let's start the show. And it's Tyon?
1: Tyon, uh, yes. Tyon, all right, got
0: it right. Hi, Oz. So, um, how you doing?
1: Um, I'm good. Happy Mother's Day to your mom, of course. Um, but you know, just well, just trying to continue working to move forward, trying to build something here in Jersey that's long lasting.
0: That, that's great, great. So, I know you're the uh, CEO of uh, Roll Up Life. So, for for our watch listeners today, break that down for us. What is what is that? What kind of business is it?
1: So, what Roll Up Life is essentially is a logistics technology company that's was established to uh, bridge the gap between point A and point Z. What we're trying to do and what we're currently doing is distributing CBD in between dispensaries, local CBD shop, and we're trying to expand that into the THC market and operate as that Amazon S figure, where we complete orders on the back end technologically for these Manufacturers, cultivators, dispensaries—we uh, allow for consumers to come to a, a technology platform, the RollUp app, to uh, purchase and consume cannabis. And where we fit in in this whole uh, situation, which is just making sure everything gets to where it has to go, safely and securely.
0: What made you decide that you
1: wanted to uh, open this business and and get started? Like the idea started way back in like 2016. I went to school in Idaho, so. California, Washington, and Oregon were all legal businesses, uh, states already. So there was at least some type of medical marijuana market there, but they had already went recreational by this time, by the time I graduated in 2016. So as you're starting to uh, see this market expand and to boom, New Jersey gets hit with the Jake Honig Law, which allows for medical marijuana here at, at home. And we got the original six ATC from that. But as you started to expand and learn more about the industry, as I took the deeper dive into it, like I said, early on, New Jersey only had six dispensaries um, and these were uh, they're ATC. So they're all in one at the time. And the distance between the average customer and the local dispensary was just, you know, like 90 minutes, which was insane. And just understand how fast paced things move in the state of New Jersey. Recreational legalization was, wasn't far behind when we started this. So if you could just figure out and identify that problem like we did with the logistics issue here in the state, it was just a no-brainer to take a deeper look into it and try to build a business around that problem.
0: Okay. And so for ATC, break that down
1: for sir people that may not know. What's ATC? Yeah. So ATC stands for Alternative Treatment Center or a dispensary. Uh, okay. So um so those are places like Columbia Care, Apotherium, uh Rise Dispensary, I Patterson. Those are what you call ATCs or alternative treatment centers. Uh, okay. It's just, it's just a legal name for dispensaries.
0: Right. And what did you have what did you basically have to do in order to access those alternative treatment centers? Did you have to get like a prescription or how how did that work?
1: Okay, so for the medical marijuana market, which is what's currently uh, operating right now, we aren't delivering uh, in between the operating the medical marijuana licenses. Only only uh, patients are allowed to go within there. So just to get within the um, illegal patient market, you visit a doctor, they'll screen you. The doctor I preferably to use, and he'll probably appreciate uh, the shout out. But is um, the alternative weed therapy up in West Orange, New Jersey? So you would visit a place like that, and they'll just walk you through the entire process. It costs about $250 for your first visit. If you are approved, you get your money back. If you are approved, you um, come in and do a second visit where it's about $125 for the second visit, and then you'll be a patient. It should be like a really. It was like a really quick and easy process. It didn't take no longer than a week from seeing the doctor to uh, being approved into the program. What are the, some of the questions they asked of you in order to be a patient? So the first thing they ask you if you have any previous ailments, any lingering injuries. I mean, injuries. I apologize. Uh, any any previous ailments, any lingering engi- uh, injuries. What you do, they'll ask you if you have any like anxiety issues and stuff like that. The doctor just uh, uh, give you essentially a nice screening. Um, the questions are really easy going. It's just like your typical your typical doctor visit. They uh, take your height, weight. You take a selfie picture for your ID badge. Um, but it, it, it really isn't um, this like excruciating process that people really think it is. It's really quick and easy. Like it's really not that hard. And there are a lot of a lot of approved um, instances for a, a patient to be approved for medical marijuana you don't just have to have a broken foot or something like that anxiety is on that list you know so stress stress you need to relax like these are all these are all uh reasons for uh medical marijuana to be granted you can't sleep at night there's strains of cannabis for that so um it's really a quick and easy process for you to just move forward through that um and dr uh, william steck is who is my uh, medical care provider is just a really great doctor. So if you could give the alternative lead therapy a try, that's that's something I recommend. I give them five stars for how they walk you through the process. Even if you didn't know anything about that process beforehand, you'll leave there really knowledgeable about what's going on.
0: So then you decided to move on and start this business. When did the business open and what have been your successes and what have been the challenges so far?
1: Um, so we officially opened up I, I believe 2019 is when uh, everything was incorporated. 2020, we got active and open. Our website was finally up and operational. Some of the key challenges for what we were doing is, you know, at first, is getting that, that initial funding together. At, at a point, you're just going to have to really just put your head down and just scrape up what you have and just try to build off of that. And so we started really small. Um, we didn't try to bite off more than what we could chew, uh, a lot of it was networking. Um, meeting people to, to be placed in the right position or meeting people to be placed with someone that you need, um such as bankers, lawyers, um, clients, people, vendors, you know. So everything that you that you started to need, you got from networking. And um the key, the the hardest part honestly is when we were like building towards trying to take this thing Bigger than just you know your local mom and pop, you know what I mean. So trying to get funding for the, the bigger vision was one of the one of the bigger issues that we had here at Roll Up Life. But you got to dig deep, put your um your, your big boy pants on, and figure mm-hmm. it out because because it's gonna be rather hard because it's the infancy of the industry, and it's 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 pretty capital intensive even for the smaller licenses. It it can run you a pretty penny. So um, definitely funding was some of the, the hardest things that we had to go through. And I know your uh, CBD, is that correct, as opposed to
0: the recreational uh, correct. cannabis? So how much capital did you have to bring up upfront before you could actually start?
1: Well, prior to uh, the funding, like the funding isn't even for the CBD portion of it. It's, it's for all the everything that we have to do with the cannabis side of it. Okay. Uh, completely ignore that, right? The startup fund for actually becoming a a, a legitimate player in the uh, legalized marijuana market. The startup cost for just what we were trying to do with CBD. This is what we actually pull out pulled out of our pockets to start up in the beginning. But just to, just for an example, um, the website cost ten thousand dollars getting products uh from vendors that could run you another four or five grand just to have a little decent sized inventory. And then you know your uh your typical uh GoDaddy stuff. So that's like buying your domain, um buying your your uh LLC or your LTD. We're a corporation, so we're LTD, but you know incorporating yourself. Um so that that the initial startup for, for what we did so far out of our pocket was probably like 30 grand. And then then there's the licensing that you have to yeah, to, and to get just is. to to be able to do the business. Right. So that's what um that's what I said forget just uh, that that's just the C B D side. The startup for the TAC, we had to get up about five hundred thousand dollars to to um to execute what we're trying to do here. Oh wow! And, wow, and, that's a lot. And that's just that's just the first round of a of a, of a, a next round that's going to be around two and a half million dollars. So there's um there's definitely like, that's what I'm saying. This is definitely a capital intensive game. Trying to get involved in a uh, legal cannabis touching industry. Well, that's a and I, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that
0: means it's you know, folks are going to really have to come up with some I don't know cake, if cake that's what you want to call it just to get. Just to get started. So, what do you think is going to be? You know, just from your point of view, because I know you're you're young, much younger than I am. So, what is going to be the biggest challenge for black males or black that are looking to get in the industry?
1: Literally, probably what I just said, because ideas are everywhere when it comes to the cannabis industry. Um, What I'm doing isn't new. It's the local, the weed man, like essentially. So. Ideas aren't new. It's just about refining your idea and making it a real life thing. So everything, the work that comes into it, a lot of people say that they wanna do something, but they tend to just have it as an idea and not really wanna follow through on things. So at first it's gonna take someone that's really, really, really dedicated and really, really, really motivated. Prior to that, like you gotta you're gonna have to be willing enough to to educate yourself on what you're really trying to do and and sell here. Then after that, you're going to have to be somebody that's pretty even-keeled. There's going to be some really good days. There's going to be some really bad days. And you just got to be able to to weather the storm and get through everything. Lastly, I would say to um, enjoy the moment because it's happening fast. A lot of things are going to come your way when you're doing good and you have something that's going great for yourself you have a good idea and a good team behind yourself so there'll be a lot of things coming your way enjoy the moment but don't get too ahead of yourself but definitely make sure that you appreciate what you're working towards because it's um it's a roller coaster ride and after the um mental toll you have to be ready to build relationships right because everything in this industry is going to come from you having some type of relationship so whether you're a cultivator you're going to have to be able to uh, find distributors and dispensaries that want to carry your product right they got to be able to um identify your brand you're going to have to uh politic and literally on the application that you need a, a letter from your city to uh, be approved to operate a cannabis uh, business within their borders so you're going to literally have to politic um, i don't count that as networking even though it's a sort of type of networking. But the reason I don't count this as networking is because I, I consider networking more on the, the operational end. This is literally something that doesn't cost a dollar in theory, where you really just have to go out and meet your, your local politicians and just explain to them how you're gonna benefit your their city, um, how you're gonna benefit the people within their borders, um, how you connect and resonate with the people so that's why we host a lot of cannabis and communities to try to get back and educate the uh, community on what's actually going on here in the state of New Jersey. So, politicking is definitely um, the second thing you're going to have to do. Lastly, um, in terms of getting this thing together, like I said, it, it's the one that we're just going to reiterate. got to find uh, someone to put these back in to it, right? It's going to cost a couple dollars. Um the application itself, the last application for New Jersey was twenty thousand dollars itself. So mm. and that's not that's not to, to mention the um the application writers, the things that you need in place to have on your application, such as um you might need a building, depending on what you're doing. You gotta have some some type of partnerships in place, some type of city agreements in place. So but the funding is literally a key divergent here. That's literally the biggest hurdle for most people, honestly. We're going to be getting the money together.
0: And so you mentioned networking. So you, you, I'm sure you'll correct me, but you're considered the first of color to have uh, a business in the cannabis industry. Is that right?
1: Or oh, I think we we, we were the first uh, business of color to try to operate in the cannabis industry. I okay
0: okay so that yeah and so
1: there's a few
0: there's a few few now okay but that then leads to my question then um what was you know because you talked about networking so what were some of the you know who kind of took you under your wing who helped who helped you navigate through this kind of minefield of this kind of new industry
1: um there's a quite a few people that uh helped me get to where we are at right now. Um, the first thing I did was join M4MM, which I'm now in the New Jersey chapter vice president of. But that stands for Minorities for Medical Marijuana. I suggest anyone sign up for that. I'm actually really hands-on in that right now. So especially for localized, we, we get in-depth about everything we're talking about here today, but we walk you through it detail by detail, how to actually do it. So um, that was something that helped me get to uh, understanding at least the 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 cannabis industry in a nutshell. Um, from there, I met Leo Bridgewater um, and Roz McCarthy. Uh, Leo Bridgewater is one of the bigger figures in the cannabis industry in the state of New Jersey right now. Uh, he introduced me to New Jersey Cannabis Insiders where I met um, Michael McLean, gonna be one of our uh, uh, lawyers, our attorneys. I met Amanda Terpstra, who was our first CBD dispensary to sign up. And um, very, very God willing, if we both get our licenses, she'll be one of our first um, cannabis partners as well. Um, I met Bobby Paley, who introduced us to a national stage. Um, and they're just um, Ed, Ed Tobias. I'd have been upset if I missed Ed Tobias. He's a lawyer that... um. Took me to New York just to get information on what's going on in the cannabis industry because he bought into what I was really trying to do. So, um, a lot of people just really bought into the idea of Roll of Life very early on, and it's been helping me trying to see it through.
0: Sounds like you really had a lot of um, people that were looking out for you and trying to really support you and help you navigate this business, and, and that's that's really important because you really want to try to align yourself with the right people in order to make sure there's no, that there's no pitfalls, but if there are, they'll be able to pick you up and guide you in the right direction. So that's, that's great. Absolutely. So, so since you, you know, you're a lot more in depth, uh, than I knew, which is great. What are the types of business licenses that, um, if someone
1: wanted to get into the business that they could acquire? All right. So here in the state of New Jersey, we have six. Okay. Um, there's cultivating, it's manufacturing, there is a wholesale distribution, there's retail, and then delivery. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot. And so, what would probably
0: be the, uh, the lowest point of entry for someone that doesn't have a, a lot?
1: Um, they tend to say the lowest hanging fruit
0: is delivery. Delivery. Okay. So, it's kind of like, um, You'd be the the Uber for cannabis, <laughs> so to speak. Okay, and because you're just really you're you're just taking it from the I would assume you're taking it from the retail or the manufacturers and just um, delivering it out to customers.
1: You're taking it from um. So if you get a classic, if you get a classics delivery license, you will be able to do from retail to consumer. You won't be able to do any business to business transactions. Oh, I see. Just retail to consumer only. Okay. Could a retail
0: establishment also have that same uh, delivery service, and would that be an extra license
1: that they would have to acquire? Uh, I'm I'm really firmly on the state making sure that they they wouldn't because that's a that's a problem. That's definitely something to address. Uh, I'm pretty sure the state is having the dispensaries uh, option that off to the classic services because what, what's the point of the classic service if they. Dispensary so could just opt out. You know what I'm saying?
0: Okay. That makes sense. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how are your, I guess, your friends and your the people in your local community, how have they taken to you uh, doing this business?
1: Surprisingly, East Orange has happened to be very receptive to us. Um, okay. Were you surprised? Um, I didn't know what to think because we have a demographic of such older people. Precious and I have such a great history with the city. We grew up in our city's recreation department. We both went to the local high school here where we graduated the top of our class. Um, we've always been involved in the city's extracurricular activities, reading um, black history poems at, in middle school to doing summer camps at basketball. You know, so Precious and I have always just grown through the city, so the people that are in city politics now were the people who were like our coaches and my, my karate karate is the mayor. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> like it's like uh it's like that type of close knit environment here in East Orange where everybody everyone really kind of knows everyone. It's not a big city by any means. It's not small, but it's like seventy thousand people who live here, but it's not a big city by any means. Um, it's it's walkable end to end. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it's a very close knit. So I didn't know how the people would respond because you knew people would hear about it. And traction was slow because in the beginning of it, it, just sounded too unbelievable. Like I said, I've been working on this since like 2016. So in the beginning, it just sounded like far-fetched. Like, you're doing what? Nah, man, you just got a degree. Like, get out of here with that. But as you start to see the work that I was starting to put in and precious herself is an example of this, I told Precious the day I thought of this to join the team. and She told me, "No, I'm going to Columbia." You know what I'm saying? So now she just graduated Columbia, and here she is as COO. So look how life <laughs> how life goes, right? You know. Right. So yeah, yeah. Shout,
0: yeah. shout out to Precious. I hope you're watching tonight. Precious was one of my students when I worked at um, East Orange for a bit, uh, doing you know. That's a whole other story, but okay. uh, I was glad to um, you know see that she was you know doing this business and introduced me to you i you didn't introduce me i kind of just saw you the website and was glad that you uh were i was able to interview you today so no problem um, and so um so i know you said you said you went to school in idaho so why idaho and
1: uh i was chasing if, football. i was chasing football so i was chasing football. football okay yeah, so I went to Boise State, where unfortunately I didn't get the chance to actually play. Um, so I was just in Idaho trying to figure my life out for a while, you know. And okay, and what did you uh, what did you study
0: when you were there? Political science. So this is kind of up your up your alley, you know, doing the po- politicking. So <laughs> which is well, um, which is probably a very important thing to to, to do. It,
1: it it honestly, if you really think about it, like that's why I love the questions that you asked today because. That's essentially why I tried to, my hardest to get involved in the industry just because I noticed the lack of black faces and there's a ton of time where I'm the only black person in the room sometimes you know so it, it it all it all feels like you're representing a whole community of people not just the ones that you know but like everybody that looks like you everybody with skin that 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 mirrors yours that's why you buckle down even when it gets hard because if it's worth it It'll come right at the right moment, no matter what's going on with you. You'll figure it out. But uh, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a roller coaster ride, definitely. But there's just not enough of us here. So whatever you got to do to break the wall down, you got to just deal with it. It be like that sometimes. Right.
0: And so that's interesting. Well, I knew you guys were new in the industry. So what, what was that point? I don't know if you can remember where you felt that I really belong. I'm going to really make... Um, I'm gonna make my mark in this industry.
1: I felt like I belonged since I started this, but the day I realized, like, holy crap, roll-up life is a thing, is when I opened up the Star legend and saw myself. So, oh wow! Yeah, that's when I was like, yo, we're on the right path. We're doing the right thing. We just got to keep going. Can't get like I said, can't get too big-headed because we're seeing this. We got to make sure we can turn it into forbes next or high times or stuff like that right so you just got to continue on with your vision it was um but it was definitely a feel-good moment for me to know that i was just like on the right path right and i'm sure
0: i'm sure and i'm sure it was different i'm sure because i'm sure you were probably in the paper for football in in the past and so this was this was a different kind of being in the paper
1: it really was. It was something it was it was something merit based instead of athletic based for once, right? So yeah. it was something that was completely on off the off of my mind, my brain. Like if I didn't think of this, none of us is on the paper that day. So it really, really, really felt good because it's just like look at look at what we're trying to do here and we're starting to get the state of New Jersey's attention. There's, there's no way we can't just continue to thrive if, if we just keep our head down and, and do the work. And I, and I know you've been working hard. So what? Where do you
0: see your business going in about let's just say five years? And what are some of your what are some things that you want to accomplish by starting
1: this business? In five years, I want to be able to say that we're a multi-state operator. Some of the things that I want to accomplish is. Let's see, becoming, again that that bridge, that barrier breaker for for people that look like us. I want to start a roll-up life fund to fund applicants in the future to uh, to break into the industry. I want to continue to try to partner up with universities to, to to bring education to the students on an official level. I want to continue to advocate um, for the legalization of cannabis in, in a place that it, it's not legal. But I also want to continue to advocate for the local laws to, to become better for the things that the CRC may have missed, um, for the things that the state of New Jersey may have missed, right? So we we while we we have this, there's still a, a decent fight for us left. I just want to continue to become the man that I know I'm supposed to be. So that's all in my five-year wrap-up.
0: That's a I like that list. I like that list. Very uh, forward-thinking, and the fact that you're trying to Lift others up to go come along with you. That's a very um, it's a very great um, endeavor. I applaud you for that. Appreciate it. Um, And so, I knew it was a question I wanted to ask you. So you're saying your clientele are much older
1: in the CBD space. Absolutely, people my age don't care about CBD. (laughs) Don't call a spade a spade, right? So. Everyone, my around my age bracket wants the psychedelic effects, and who blames them, right? That's that's what you're smoking for. You're not smoking to just for your health of it, just to sit there and smoke. Um, but you have the people who are trying to, um, you know, wean off cigarettes and stuff like that, and that just tends to be like the older crowd or okay. people who have arthritis and you know want to take a CBD tincture here and there. That just tends to be the the older crowd of people of different demographics now i'm not saying young people don't buy cbd because i have a um a friend her name is maz she's the owner of brown box over in orange new jersey where they do cbd and she has a a, a actual cbd shop dispensary and oh, they, nice. they do really well for themselves she's building a fantastic woman-owned black-owned brand um i absolutely applaud her for what she's doing over there um she's living around the corner from me. I hope she gets to see this. Um, I'll probably share this this point right here. But, but they're doing that brown box, especially right now, what's going in Orange, um, where how Orange was trying, their uh, city council was trying to ban the ordinance for cannabis. So the, the fight that she put on and the people that she gathered around her and the rally cry that she did did to just show you how diligent and effective that uh, uh, proper branding can be. Um, so, but CBD, uh, in a nutshell, is just not cannabis, right? Everyone's like, especially with cannabis being legal now, people are just itching, 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 itching for that first recreational taste, and like, we just want to be ready for that. So I'm glad you talked. To,
0: you you mentioned this whole psychedelic effect because I, not that I expected to go here with this question because that's a that's another but issue, but. Are young people, are they delving in that because they just want the feeling, or is there any? Are they in pain, and they're they're turning to this to kind of cure that pain, or at least take it away temporarily?
1: It's um, we gotta we're gonna call it down the middle because it's recreational now. So I don't need a reason to use it. Besides, I want to use it, right? we gotta accept that for what it is, right? So people may have their different feelings on cannabis, regardless of how one may feel. A lot of people use cannabis, so and sometimes it's just to relax. Maybe it might be to get away. You might have had a long day. Um, but there are the people who are medical patients, right? Those are the people who use it for pain. Those are the people who went the extra mile to get the the card. So. The people who just want to use a recreational just because they enjoy it are they're allowed to now i can't you can't really say it's one way or the other when if you need a medical you can go get a medical you know, but now you don't have to breaking it down like that mm-hmm. psychedelic effect or, or not people want to smoke that's 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 the, mm-hmm. end of the story, right 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 I hear you I hear you well this has been great
0: I'm glad you've um broken it down for us, and I've really um wish you much success on the in this because one being being new or being so being young and taking the risk and and doing the things that you needed to do to make sure you do it the right way is really awesome and I really um, applaud you for that but before we go like I like I ask all of my guests there's a question and, and especially being, you know, young, I like to hear your take on it. But what's on your mind
1: as a black man? Oh, man. Wow, that's a beautiful question. <laughs> what's on my mind as a black man? Um, on a daily day basis, honestly, it's, just, it's if I'm coming back in the house that day. Um, and it's crazy that, that that's how you think. But um, on a day to day basis, it's, it's always, am I going to make it home? it's always how can i provide and, and become the man that i want to be it's always how do i strengthen my community it's always how i how do i learn more to become a better person a better individual a better contributor to the planet that we live on how do i how do i give back to the people who don't have it every day on living in these eastern you see people in very unfortunate 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 situations. it's just for me as a, as a black man is how do I do my part? Let's just say that, that, that's the end, the, end, the end game. How do I do my part? Well, that's
0: great. And I think you are doing your part already. You, you have a uh, legitimate business that I think you're going to, if you, you've aligned yourself with the right people and if things start to, to break your way, you will be doing your part. And I applaud you for that.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I hope Tyon and his team are able to accomplish all his dreams and goals. One thing I know for sure, he has done a great job aligning himself with the right people to help in this journey. I look forward to hearing more from him in the future. Black Men Speak is written and produced by me, Keith Dent. If this was your first time listening to the show, welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know by dropping me a line at info at keithdent.com or better yet subscribe or share it with someone you know and love as always we'd like to end the show with a quote and this one comes from russell simmons if you wake up deciding what you want to give versus what you're going to get you become a more successful person in other words if you want to make money you have to help someone else make money this is keith dent from black men speak peace